Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. Today, we are talking about the origin story of one of our favorite foods. We're talking about the hamburger, baby. Oh, yeah. All right, so we will talk about Seymour, Wisconsin, and Charlie Negreen, and uh, we also have great Wisconsin music from Whiskey Farm, a beer review, another edition of the infamous How Many Locos You At, and an interview with Broken Bat Brewery. Remember, as always, if you have not already, please share, like, rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Hit the bell on YouTube so that way you can be notified when we are dropping new content. Uh, it definitely helps us get a little bit more exposure each and every time, um, but also gets uh, the exposure to all of the guests that we have on, whether that be the breweries or the musical guests as well. So uh, without further ado, here's our story about the origin of the hamburger. So like our hero, Randy Bobandi, the assistant trailer park supervisor, we love the hamburger. We are talking about the controversial question of where did the hamburger start? Well, we believe as well as many that the first hamburger was actually started right in our own backyard, Seymour, Wisconsin. If you haven't been to Seymour, go and check it out. Every year they hold a burger festival, and who doesn't love a good burger? You hey, know? and now make it a festival. I'm in. I've chomped some burgs. <laughs> They also have a hamburger memorabilia museum, along with a large statue of the man we are talking about today, Charles Charlie Negreen. The story goes that in 1885, a 15-year-old boy named Charlie Negreen had a wagon that was pulled by oxen where he was selling homemade meatballs at the Outgamey Fair. He realized that the meatball was providing was not the easiest thing to eat while walking around the fair, and the meatballs were just way too messy for someone to eat. And here's where our young businessman made a discovery that would go down in history. He realized if he smashed this meatball between two pieces of bread, it would solve the issue. Negreen also claimed to have been given the name to the sandwich called the hamburger, the name coming from Hamburg Steak, a ground beef variety, because it would be recognizable to the large Germanic population that lives in our state. Charlie was also known as a great promoter of his little business. It was said to draw in crowds he would sing, play music, and tell jokes to draw in the grounds. He was also known in Appleton, Wisconsin, where he owned an ice cream parlor. He was said to travel to fairs all around northeastern part of Wisconsin selling his masterpiece sandwich. Here's where the controversy comes into play. The competitors of the other ones who also claim to have the hamburger as their own. And the first one we're going to talk about today is the, uh, the Menches brother in Akron, Ohio. Their story is that they, at the Erie County Fair in 1885, the brothers who had run out of pork sausage had to go to a local book butcher who gave them ground beef. So the brothers seasoned the meat with coffee and brown sugar and named the burger after Hamburg, New York. If you were in Akron, Ohio, go to and check out their restaurant, which is actually still in operation called the uh, Menches Brothers Restaurant. Nice. Yeah. That sounds pretty good, too. I, I have noticed a lot of uh, um, 
I've been watching a lot of the Food Network uh, during the pandemic here. And one of the things that they do use is like coffee as a, uh, a maybe to season or just add flavor, not necessarily like a, you know, maybe like a crust or something on it, but just to give it that little bit of, you know, bite. Yeah, like a little flavor, a little bitterness yeah, to it, you know. Exactly, it's kind of bitterness. Another, yeah. Good, good word. So then our second competitor we have to mention is the uh, Lewis Lunch Story out of New Haven, Connecticut. And this is the one that, like, a lot of people think might be the true one. If you look it up on Google, who invented the hamburger, I think this is the one that they list, even though it's later on in, this, in the, you know, the timeline of the hamburger. Right, right. Uh, the story of is a story of convenience and the need to make food fast. Um Fast food, if you will, you know, it's, it's one of the first things where, you know, the story goes that in 1900, a man came into Lewis lunch in a massive hurry. Lewis Lassen, who was looking for something fast to make this guy, he grilled up a steak trimming and put it between two pieces of toast and sent to the customer on his way. If you go to their website, it states cheese, tomato and onion are the only acceptable garnish. So this one we're just going to toss out. And uh, plus 1900 is way later than the Charlie and the Green story. Right. Exactly. If we just go based on the years on that timeline, we can already say, you know, the, the Negreen is, is definitely the, the earliest version of a burger. Yeah. And I mean, we're trying to make the stick the claim here. It is the home of the hamburger for us. But hey, Absolutely. The third competitor we have to talk about is the uh, Uncle Fletcher Davis from uh, Athens, Texas. The story is about Fletcher Davis, or more commonly known as Old Dave or Uncle Fletch. He began making a burger-like sandwich in the mid-1880s, but wasn't until 1904 at the World's Fair held in St. Louis, Missouri, that he made it become a bigger deal. Again, this was uh, 1904, and it is a little bit later in the story. This theory, however, and the time is supported by McDonald's and Dairy Queen, as he did supply some of these to those chains. Texas legislation actually tried to declare the Lone Star State home of the hamburger, but the boys at Wisconsin Drunk in History, nope. Nope. No way, brother. And the last one we got to talk about is a uh, Weber's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I've been to a Weber's. Yeah, I'm. You know, I think Illinois has a has a few that I've been. Yeah, to. I know a lot of them kind of closed down, but there are some yeah. Weber's still open. And the story goes that in 1891, during the Fourth of July, Oscar Weber Billy built his own grill and served up dozens of ground beef burgers on his wife's homemade sourdough buns, along with his superior soda root beer. This is another one that is a little later in the story. Uh, um, you know, way way after Charlie, and but the restaurant is actually still up and they're still running after um you know the operation until 1933 long after the burgers were everywhere you know when this finally became mainstream and into the public you know right so it's definitely a little after our timeline so we're still in charlie territory so the evidence through word of mouth charlie's story the time period and documentation lead us to believe that this is where the true origin of this the burger happened there are actually images of him at the fairs they're like in black and white and some of them are pretty pretty convincing i mean well right i mean and and obviously we know that it's it's possible to you know doctor up photos and and certainly make something appear to be uh, old, but uh, there are other ways to corroborate the the timeline and the story and the origin. And uh, it, it it appears that Charlie uh, is the is the beginning of the hamburger. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to answer that old question, where's the beef? Right. It's right here in Wisconsin. And Seymour. if you haven't been to Wisconsin, we have some of the best burger chains out there. I mean, Culver's is from our own state. Yeah. The Butter Burger is like one of the best burgers. I recommend it. You yeah. know, people that come here to visit. And actually, we uh, we saw one in Lake Havasu, uh, Culver's. 
Oh, yeah, Which sure, is just sure. crazy. I know they're trying to branch out further, but they were started right in our own backyard as well. Yeah, and I would say, too, uh, if you're in the Milwaukee area, I always say that Oscars on Pierce, not Oscars like the chain, but Oscars on Pierce, it's on Pierce Street, uh, is is the best burger in the Milwaukee area. Um, the, the One of the burgers that they sell there is called the Big O, it's got like bacon, a little bit of chorizo. It's got the jalapeno, that spice. This thing is off the chain. Yeah, another one kind of close to my home is uh, Lucy's Number Seven Burger Bar. Oh, nice! Yeah, holy cow! Are they good? They have like stuffed burgers, so you can get like cheese stuffed in the burger. It, they're phenomenal. And is that some kind of new technology? I know, right? This is like <laughs> alien hamburger technology we're talking about here. So we, we do believe that Wisconsin should be the title of home of the hamburger and wanted to bring this back to light as so we can get some maybe backing by the state, some legislation, and actually make this once and for all. I mean, you can go and visit the home of the hamburger. You can go up there. Yeah. They have a festival every year. We're going to have to get the Supreme Court involved. This is going to involve the, the highest powers uh, of the United States legislation. We're going to have to get, uh, you know, the title. We, we want agree. We want a, a sign uh, right at the beginning of uh, the entrance to the state. And how cool would it be to draw on tourism and get like really cool people to come here just to visit that? It'd be great for our state, including bubble, uh, burger lovers like Randy <laughs> Bo Bandy. We'd love to have him come. You know, we yeah. love TPB. Absolutely, honestly, man. So. Trailer Park is uh, is one of the best uh, one of the best comedies. Man. I love that show. It's such a good show. So, Eric, what what is your perfect burger? If you had to make your perfect burger, what would you go for? Well, honestly, I mean, I, I, I prefer them to be uh, a little thinner with a little bit of crisp on the outside of the burger. They're around the, you know, the outside uh, diameter there. Uh, so smash burgers, uh, you know, probably two third, third pound patties uh, on a uh, not not a big bun. I don't I'm, no, I'm not, not a huge. A bun guy, huh? Exactly. I don't want to have too much bread, but I've got to have some sort of like a poppy seed or a sesame seed on the outside of it. Got to have that. And I would say, you know, minimal condiment. I, I don't mind a little bit of lettuce, tomato, pickle, and then throw on some uh, ketchup and, you know, mustard. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of like, you know, I like the butter burger kind of lightly grilled on the grill. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have the time, I like to uh, mix the meat. Like I actually have a meat grinder, so I like putting in a little jalapeno, a little cheese in oh, there. So when sure. you actually grill it right on there, it's good to go. Nice. little steak seasoning on there. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe depending on the type I'm going for, like a little awesome barbecue sauce on it, depending yeah. on what type of burger I'm going for. But I'm a huge burger fan. I've eaten pretty much every burger from every place. <laughs> I'm definitely a, I'm I've, a fan I've been of the in burger. Some burger. I've been in some burgers. Yeah. Let's just throw it out there. I've packed down some patties, that's for yeah. sure. So that's going to conclude our main story for today, but uh, stay tuned. All right. So today's music segment actually comes to us from the Madison, Wisconsin area. The band is called The Whiskey Farm. These guys are phenomenal. Russ, why don't you tell us a little more? Yeah, so they're a bluegrass band out of Madison, and uh, I actually caught one of their shows, and I heard a couple of more of their songs, and I just kind of fell in love with the sound. Like, I'm, I'm a huge bluegrass fan. I know you are as well. Yeah. And these guys are definitely, like, one of those cream-of-the-crop bands from Wisconsin. We had to feature them. I ended up sending an email off to Whiskey Farm. I contacted them on Facebook, and, uh, yeah, they gave us a whole bunch of tracks to use, and it was just so hard to go through that library and pick the right one. But we did choose In the Darkness today, which is a great song. Yeah, this is definitely uh, another one of those really difficult, uh, good good catalog of music. Which one do you use? You know, the, there's just such a good 
uh, sound and and different meaning that hits differently with every single song. So um, yeah. we had to narrow it down a little bit. And so uh, today we've got The Whiskey Farm in the Darkness. In the darkness, 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 we can be.
All right. That again was The Whiskey Farm. The song was In the Darkness. Absolutely phenomenal. Please go check them out. Spotify, YouTube stuff. I know they have a, I think they have a band camp as well and their website as well. So if they have like a merch store or something, go after, get their stuff, help everybody out. We now have another beverage review of the beer kind. Yeah, so today we're drinking uh, Rush River Brewing Company's Bubble Jack IPA. Um, if you don't know anything about their brewing, they're actually from River Falls, Wisconsin. This one is a 6.5 ABV. Um, it's really good. 60 IBUs. It's unfiltered, unpasteurized, meaning everything's kind of still in the bottle. It's mm. very tasty. It has a really good um, bitterness right up front. I'm getting a lot of the bitter. You're getting the Yakima hops coming through, which is used in this brewery. At least I, that's what I believe is in here. It's what I'm tasting. Yeah, it definitely. Um, it's not as um, it. So it, you, like you said, you can taste that it's not like a citra or a mosaic or anything like right. that because you're not getting any of the that citrusy kind of feel or like fruitiness. It's uh, more of like a straight down the pipe. Like dry hopped uh, Yakima uh, and and whatever I don't know what else they use yeah, in there, but I, I, this must be like a cascade because I'm getting a little bit of the pininess from that bitter exactly, edge. So There's the some, cascade. It might be like a cascade or a, some kind of other sea hop they call them. But this this bubble jack, this that's good. Yeah, it's it's very tasty. And it's six and a half. I, I like six that. Six percent. You know, I I don't mind beer to be over carbonated, but this one I think is kind of perfect carbonated. It's not too high, not too low. It's not like over bubbly or anything. It's, it's, you know, it's, if you're into the bitter beers or you're trying to get out of the box, this is definitely another one where it'd be probably good to start in the IPA range. Yeah. I was actually just going to say, you know, we, we sometimes will recommend, um, individuals who have, have gone, uh, you know, maybe just, they don't really enjoy their normal Millers and, and that kind of stuff anymore. Uh, and they're looking to maybe branch out a little bit. This is actually a really good way to sort of step out. You're going to get that bitterness, and maybe you're not super into that yet. But the nice thing is, is it's it's tame. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not overbearing a, or anything. Like it won't that. crush you. No, and you know the cool thing is, this is actually the uh, this beer follows a rajeska boot. You know that it only has the uh, hops, yeast, water, and barley in it. Yeah, which is kind of nice too. I I kind of like those beers. I don't mind the flavored beers too, but I do like the uh, the the standard. And I think recently you and I have both been a little bit more open to um, some of the the hazies and milkshakes and and some of those ones that might introduce a little bit of uh, outside flavoring to the main ingredients, like you said from the Rye High School, but the the German way of making beer. Um, you and I have definitely opened up a little bit more. No, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like straight on strict, you know, straight beer, but yeah, we've been kind of branching out, especially for this podcast. We want to get some names out there for you guys to go and try them and let us know what you think. You know, you can always give us feedback and I would say one of the things that I've, I've noticed about, uh, just local grocery stores and stuff like that. They may not carry this stuff because it's it's harder to move and, and their clientele just, they're not buying that kind of product. I've, I've found that uh total wine uh, is, is their, their shelves are stocked and, and it's uh, categorized in a way that you can easily locate the Wisconsin beers. They have a whole area for that. So they're only from the Wisconsin area. And then they do have a whole nother section. So that, that Wisconsin section is, uh, the ones that are available year round. Oh, cool. Then they have a whole other section called seasonals or limited release. 
And then again, on each tag in front of the beer, it states a little bit about the beer itself, but then also where the brewery is from. So you can actually just stand right in front of this thing, hands off. You don't have to spin the bottle around or anything. So in these times, COVID, you know, you don't want to be touching everything. Uh, the, The tag right in front on the on the on the store shelf gives you everything you need to know yeah. about the beer. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I for the weird stuff I usually go to festival kind of the Festival's one another me. good one. They yeah. got another good one and we're lucky enough we have a great distributor in Wisconsin, Franks. Actually, one of our buddies used to work for Franks yeah. uh beverage distribution and we're pretty lucky in the state that we get this variety of beer too. So if you guys ever come to Wisconsin, you got to try his beer. And I hope you guys, you know, the people from other countries and stuff that listen, I really hope you get a chance to come here and uh, drink a couple brews with us. Yeah, absolutely. We love it. We, we Hey, we're drinking beers anyway. Might as well have good company. Right. All right, now to another How Many Locals You At. Yeah, this one gets a little uh, frisky, if you want to say. Yeah, watch out. This one could definitely... Uh, Earmuffs for the kids. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not going to get too intense. We're not going to get too greasy. Um, so uh, the, the this this whole thing starts out. Hey, most people who get pulled over for drunk driving, they probably keep their pants on. Yeah, let's be honest. I keep my pants on usually. Ah, uh, but know. notice how it says most. Yeah, well, we've got a couple here who uh, they they are the uh, the exception, not the rule. Um, most people aren't these two. This Wisconsin couple, ages 33 and 29, the uh, male is 33, the woman is 29, uh, they were being taken to the Oconto County Jail in a police vehicle back in August. This is, I think, actually in 2014. Um, After uh, they were pulled over for a suspected DUI, but instead of getting their story straight or reflecting on their entire night, the two started to just have sex. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, the deputy driving the car noticed uh, the backseat tomfoolery and pulled over. Uh, then ordered the two uh, to pull their pants back up. Um, he, he then moved the gentleman to the front seat. Cop which, lock. I mean, I'll be honest. Yikes. Having them both in the same squad car doesn't seem like something that would even happen today at all. Right, right. Um, I would imagine that they have at least two or three deputies on on site for the the actual um, call itself so why would they be in the same uh squad i mean it just that's ridiculous right so uh in 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 addition to being pulled over and charged with dui uh they're also uh charged with disorderly conduct and lewd and lascivious behavior um Almost yeah. as uh, almost as interesting as the crime itself, the judge's reaction during his sentencing uh, was pretty notable, I guess. Um, he lost his judicial cool to express how baffled he was about this case, which doesn't normally happen. Uh, if you've ever been in, in front of a judge, they're generally... Pretty strict. E- even keeled, just very yeah. strict, um, showing almost no emotion whatsoever. Um, it's just crazy. Um, right. So... After admitting to the court that uh, I'm getting to be a pretty old guy and I've never seen that situation in my legal life. <laughs> so this is a first for this judge. Nice. <laughs> I think it'd be a first for many of them. But So what we don't have here is a whole lot of other uh, um, 
actual instances from the DUI itself. Right. We don't know. We don't know how many, how much they drank, right. but they were definitely driving drunk. They were yeah. drunk enough to pull their pants down. Drunk, and, drunk enough to do the deed right in the back of a squad car when they're on their way to the police station. Right, and we didn't say this, but this is actually kind of by Green Bay. It's a t- the town of Newser. It's yeah. a smaller community out by Green Bay area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so these guys, they're, they're 33, 29 respectively. We're in the Green Bay, Newser area, so we know there's some good heavy drinking going on, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. And this is April. It's cold. Yeah, it's still it still is to the point where nothing's thawed yet. I mean, yeah. we're probably still getting snow. Right, so... We we got a couple things here. Um, let's break this down. What do you what do you think in here? Yeah. So, I, the only thing that I really have to go off of is the fact that they were stupid enough to uh, untrouser themselves in the back of a squad car on their way to uh, the the jail. Right, uh, right. That to me speaks volumes. I don't think that they. I mean, clearly they weren't in like an accident or anything. Right. So I'm my my gut reaction is this is probably a one just a single can of loco probably a four loco a piece. I I would have to probably concur with that. Um, we just don't have a lot of information here either to know the full story. But to have the to have the uh, gall to take your pants off in the back of a cop car that's definitely at least a loke in yeah. my opinion. That's that's insane. Uh, to to do right. don't. <laughs> Don't follow suit here. If, I mean, you, if you're getting arrested with your significant other for drunk uh, drunk driving, then now, maybe just... Now they're yeah. split up in a jail cell. They can't get frisky. You yeah. know, they, their night could have ended pretty good. They probably could have got like a nice, comfortable home, some candles, you I know, mean, some Barry Manilow ripping on the As long stereos. as they have a safe ride home, you know, from the jail itself once <laughs> yeah, they're released. Yeah, for but, sure. But whatever, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I think, I think a four to six loco is kind of what I'm thinking for both of them, honestly. I think yeah. this is just a situation where... You know, they were probably doing something in the car, which, you know, trying to get some love in. So he's probably swerving. Yeah. I'm thinking. So he's, she's probably. Yeah, because maybe that's where it started. I think it's where it started. Like, I think he's, I think yeah. she's already getting frisky with him, you know? Right. They were both feeling good already. And right. they were trying to do some business. I mean, the thing was already rugged when he got in the cop car. It was, <laughs> it was straight rigid. I mean. And that's actually, now that you mention it, the fact that he could still perform that's why i'm thinking it's a little lower on the he's local definitely level. lower on the low because if you're in a 12 local that thing's probably not going to work no you're gonna have a it's soft checked guy out already it's, it's looking down at the floor the whole time <laughs> so yeah four to six local on that one bang the gavel all right today we're here with tim from broken bat brewery how you doing tim hey Russ, I'm good how are you not too bad so can you give us a little bit of origin story about uh broken bat and how you guys got started yeah, for sure. So um, my partner, business partner, Dan McElwee, and I have uh, been best friends since the uh, reading carpet back in first grade. And uh, Dan got really into homebrewing back in college and, and post-college and uh, probably had a few too many homebrews one night and came up with the bright idea to open up a tap room. <laughs> and uh, April of 2017, man, we, we opened the doors for the first time down in the third ward and uh pitched our wagon to the, the baseball theme and, and making good craft beer, and it's been uh, just a wild ride ever since. Yeah, that's really cool. I know we, uh, we're we pretty regular to the Third Ward area. Um, the name Broken Bat, where did that come from? Yeah, so that was uh, just a, a passion of mine in, in life as baseball. The game of baseball, I gave up my playing days quite a, quite a while ago, but I figured it was uh, kind of one of the ways I could stay connected to the game that I love, and Dan's passion, obviously, is brewing beer and um, we just sort of combined two things that we really care deeply about and um, felt like we could 
create a little niche and, and a brand around it, and Broken Bat was born. Yeah, that's awesome because I know we're we're both Brewers fans and uh, obviously Milwaukee fans. We're we're both from the the area, um, but yeah, yeah we, we love the brewery. Uh, a lot of people have been requesting you guys to come on, so we're really happy to have you today. Well, thank you, thank you, appreciate that. Is there any uh, new beers we need to look out for 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 uh, Bro- uh, Broken Bat? Yeah, so we're, uh, we're we're taking it easy here for the next couple of months, just with the whole you know pandemic and everything going on, but. Um, our anniversary is in the spring, so the first weekend in April is our anniversary, and we've got some really cool stuff uh, already in the works for that. So we're coming out with the uh, concession stand smoothie sour series, which we're very excited about. So I know the you know the slushy smoothie style Berliner Whites are huge right now, so we've got a, a really cool concept around some of those coming out. Um, we've got a couple of bourbon barrel aged beers that we come out with every April. Uh, we've got a Cracker Jack Stout called Murderer's Row that we've had aging for uh, about 11 months now. And then we do a, a double barrel-aged version of that called The Beast, which is also coming out in April. So a lot of fun stuff coming up in the spring here. Nice. That's awesome. I know I know. we can't wait for this COVID thing to be over. Just to go out to oh breweries and see music again. I'm so sick of it, honestly. I know it. I know it. It's just like Groundhog Day every day. But uh feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We just got to get there. Exactly, and that was another question I was going to ask you. Um, I know with COVID, things have been weird, but is there anything going on currently at the brewery? Yeah, so we, uh, we've got a really cool space. We moved down to the Fifth Ward uh, back in April of this year, and we've got an indoor wiffle ball field that we are very excited to uh, have up and running. Um, we got leagues running out of there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it's also available for rental Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so it's been a lot of fun having bachelor parties, birthday parties, um, we've had a couple of corporate outings down there, get the uh, the shirt and ties down there, hacking some wiffle balls. But um, it's just it's a child game that, you know, just kind of brings the kid out of everybody, and it's a lot of fun to have some beers, play some wiffle ball. Um, and then, you know, we'll get the live music back and going when it's all approved by the health department and, um, you know, things are feeling a little bit better. But, yeah, for now, the, uh, the wiffle ball field is definitely a, a pretty cool little hidden gem that not a lot of places can offer here in the uh, southeast Wisconsin area. That's awesome. Yeah, we can't wait. We'll we'll definitely come down there and throw some wiffle ball. We'll we'll definitely play ourselves. Um but before so before we let you go, we always ask our guest um just a few questions to find out how Wisconsin you are. Um there're things that you may or may have not have done. So we'll we'll find out how how you fare. Oh, okay. I'm a little nervous now, but yeah. No. Away. No. So uh the first question we got, uh what do you consider to be up north Wisconsin? That's a great question. Um, I think anything north of kind of the greater Green Bay area. So I think once you kind of hit that um, that split where you can go, you know, Door County or uh, Marionette off of 43. But yeah, anything north of uh, kind of the, the Green Bay, greater Green Bay metro area. Yeah, it's a good choice. It's kind of how we are. I'm, I'm a little further north. I usually say like north of Wausau, which is quite a ways okay. up there, honestly. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, so the next question I got for you, have you ever driven a snowmobile? No, I have not. I, uh, I just, I've never really had the opportunity to, I would love to someday, but, um, no, that, that has not been one of my winter activities. I'm usually sitting on a bucket out on the lake ice fishing, but, uh, no, would love to someday, but I have not yet. Awesome. So the next one I know with Broken Bad, have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or a Badgers game? Oh gosh. Yeah. Um. More than I can count for the Brewers, uh, my, my family and I, we were lucky enough to have the uh, Milwaukee package for season tickets. My dad's uh, a resident of Green Bay growing up, so it took, forty, I think, 43 years, but 
Um, he got put on the wait list when he was born, and we've had season tickets a lot of tailgating up there. And then uh, I'm a Marquette grad, so i got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not a big Badger guy. Okay, I'm, uh, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not a, <laughs> that's okay. No, uh, no Badger games yet. Just, uh, just do my Marquette hoops thing. But, yeah, plenty of tailgating in my, my past. All right, so the next question I got for you. Um, being from, like, the Milwaukee area, have you ever closed Wolskis? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Bernie personally. He's a he's a dear friend of, of another one of my buddies, his dad, and, and Bernie are real tight. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've closed down Wolskis a few times. Put the sticker over in Ireland for him, too, when I was over there back as a, uh, a college student. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we've def- I've done that in my younger day. I don't know if I could do it now, but... <laughs> no, I think those days are... <laughs> during my past as well but uh yeah you're, you're not a true milwaukee until you close Wolski. oh i agree so the next question i got have you ever hit a deer um yes i have grazed a deer thankfully car and deer were okay but uh yeah it was not not the most fun thing to happen but um thankfully both came out pretty much unscathed so yeah that, that's I have. That's good. I mean, a lot of the people we've had on here have done some damage. I mean, there's one guy who took out like a whole family. So, <laughs> so oh, I know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've got, you know, I got a couple of squirrels and, and chipmunks and bunnies on my resume, but I do my best to swerve out of the way, man. I'll do anything to try to save those little guys. But yeah, the deer, uh, deer can catch you off guard for sure. So have you ever been to Summerfest and do you have a, like a favorite memory or a favorite band you saw there? Yeah, for sure. I uh, love Summerfest. Um, I saw... Man, on a, on a small scale, on a, a super tiny small stage, I saw a band called um, Night Phoenix, and they, they were just awesome, a teeny tiny little band from Minnesota, and we ended up becoming pretty big fans of them. Um, and then I saw Eric Church there. I've seen Tom Petty a bunch of times. saw um, Weezer, Guster, OAR. I mean, you name it. I'm, I'm 33, so I'm probably aging myself a little bit. But um, anything from that, like, 2000, mid-2000s era and on, I've probably seen him at Summerfest yeah, at least once. It's pretty cool because we're we're the same age, so we're definitely in the nice. same boat right now. I saw Guster and Weezer there as as well, so that's awesome. All right, so the next one I got is there a broken bat beer that you recommend using with a beer brat? Yeah, we've got um, we've got a Pilsner out right now actually that we've done plenty of uh, grilling with. It's called Golden Sombrero, and uh, and you chop up some onions and, and throw that in the pot and. Get some brass silk and it's a it's a pretty good dynamic and then you crack a nice hazy IPA with it when they're done and there you go that's your afternoon. That sounds pretty tasty. And uh, so the next question I got is other than um, Broken Bat, is there another brewery brewery tour or a tap room you recommend uh, going to? Obviously Lakefront's kind of the one. We just had Russ on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Lakefront's kind of got the the market cornered there with the with the brewery tour, but. Um, Man, there's so much good beer in the city right now. Um, first and foremost, I'd love folks to check out our old tap room. There's actually a new brewery in there called Wizard Works. And uh, Chris and Jenny and his team have definitely kind of had the, the bad luck of, of moving in right when this all hit. But um, New Barons over in, in Walker's Point, in kind of the Bayview area, they've got an awesome little tap room. Um, John and his team make some incredible beer. Mobcraft's got just an awesome tap room, too. If you like the, the wilder, kind of funky, louder stuff. Um, but man, I, I'll be honest with you, there's just a lot of really, really good beer being made by really good people in the city. So you can't really go wrong right now. Milwaukee's the best right now. You got like city lights. You guys are just loaded up with breweries. There's like a new one popping yeah. up, like really good, like urban harvest. There's black Husky. Mm-hmm. There's just so many great ones. 
Yeah, and there's more coming too. We've we've got a couple of uh, you know tap rooms in the works that are coming, so there's there's no shortage of good studs here in the Milwaukee area. All right, before I let you go today, I got one more question for you. Um, have you ever been to a supper club, and uh, do you recommend one to the listeners? I have. I could not, unfortunately, could not tell you what the name of it was. It was up near the Rhinelander area. Um, but yeah, I've been to a supper club, man. You got to do the the brandy old fashioned sweet. You know, get a couple maraschino cherries in there, enjoy yourself. But um, it's an experience. I I can't recommend it enough. If if people haven't done it, it's just again one of those things to to claim you're a Wisconsinite. You got to have a dinner at a supper club. I have to agree with that. It's 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 hard to explain to somebody who's from out of state like what a supper club yeah. is because they don't quite understand. But yeah, that's awesome. But Tim, we uh, appreciate your time today, and uh, we really thank you. Thanks for the ten fifteen minutes you gave us, and uh, yeah, we we can't look forward to coming out there once COVID's over. You bet, brother. Thanks so much for having me, Russ. Have a good weekend. We'll talk soon. All right. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, yeah, we'll talk some brew next time we're in there. Hey, that's music to my ears. Sounds good. You have a good one. All right, take care. All right, right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch watch out for deer deer on your way home. home.